noticed our ratings have gone down the tubes. I think it's about time we mix things up. Gah? What do you mean? The people of Japan, which, as you know, is where we record this podcast together, are looking for new and exciting personalities. Gah? Nani? A guest, Wade. We need a guest. Or else... The podcast is doomed! Gah! 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 Welcome to Wasting All This Time, an in-depth review and reassessment of the media from our childhood and its surrounding fandoms. My name is Wade. I'm joined by my co-host, Spencer. Hello. And our producer and engineer, Nico. Hello. And special winner of our very first guest contest, Ryan Waller. (laughs) That's right. That's right, baby. It's a new age for wasting all this time. With the new radical concept of a podcast guest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Unprecedented. So before we jump into this lovely conversation, Spencer, why don't you tell us what, we're, what we watched and what we're going to discuss today? Today, we are taking a trip to the land of Japan with our <laughs> special... Uh, <laughs> You're, nailing You're nailing it. You're nailing it. Keep going, keep um, going, keep right. going. Today, we're taking a trip to Japan to take a look at the Nicktoons animated series Kappa Mikey. I should clarify, this is not a Japanese production. This is like some like like cheap coffee room LA thing. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, we'll go into the writer's room, but of, of I guess right in the wake of, actually, it's, it's a good amount of years after, but the whole of like post-post anime invasion of uh, like when you kind of got like the different Western cartoons taking anime inspirations on aesthetic, uh, which I'm sure we'll cover sh- shows, you know, like Totally Spies. I'm sure that'll be covered soon. Oh, totally but, Spies. Uh, but Kappa Mikey, that is, that is a beast in its own. Um, it's like the Where to start? I guess um, before we go even digging into what is Kappa Mikey, I'm just curious, do you guys have any specific strong memories of Kappa Mikey from your childhood? Or, uh, or, or just something that stands out to you when, when you hear the words Kappa Mikey uttered? Ryan, our welcomed guest, why don't you start? <laughs> My big thing with Kappa Mikey was always the theme song because I really loved just how it was just like, I think, I guess it was like one of the first like J-Rock songs I heard. And I was just really into it because it just sounds really good. Like it's, it's super high energy. The chorus is super catchy. The key change at the end is like super nice. It is just an instant rush of dopamine. And um, also, when I was a kid, I thought Mitski was hot. So it was a huge thing for me. It was I a think. huge thing for me. It was just huge. pivotal to my development. Pivotal. I just, I really enjoyed the show because 
I thought it was funny, which is like kind of un- unprecedented when you think about like why you would like a show. Like, who says they would enjoy a show because it's funny? Like, I guess you know, unique I, approach. I don't think we've ever and, said that on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. And going in order from those I love the most to those I, I love slightly less, uh, <laughs> then it's Nico and then Spencer. <laughs> so, Nico, take it away. Yeah, I had no idea what Cap of Mikey was besides the many times you have referenced it in this podcast. But now that I've seen it, you know, bro, thinking, you are Cap of Mikey, bro. I guess so. The real Kevo Mikey's the friends True. we made. But now way. thinking back to it, all the times that I'd be really sick with a fever in my bed and I would like not be able to open <laughs> my eyes, but I would see images. Uh, some of it I would definitely liken to the visuals that I get in Kappa Mikey. As he, moved, <laughs> as he moved in and out of life and death, you saw yeah. Kappa Mikey. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah, I was watching this and that yeah so i guess that was a part of my childhood so guess cap of mikey was <laughs> anyway Base. all right spencer my boy how about you for me <laughs> i think when i was when cap of mikey came out i think every part of its aesthetics like repulsed me for some reason <laughs> Not because I hated the anime style, because I mean, I was. Uh... We should probably go into like what makes its aesthetics u- unique, because it, it's very much like a, a new rounds understanding of anime design, but also with like flash animation. So things only exist. All things exclusively exist off model. There is no model. They only exist off model. Yeah, and the only <laughs> thing I I never really watched it, but I always associated it with like when I got home from school. And you would turn the TV on and it was already on Nicktoons and that's what would be on. And then I would change the channel. So that's that. That's why it's, So all I remember is that the guy says, um, hello, Lily fools. That's all I remember. That's the only thing that came back to me. And then also the theme song. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, so I never really watched it. A, a lot of my <laughs> memories are tied to the theme song, too. But I, I also I think I remember. It's one of those shows that I remember liking, but I was also just very curious about like where to go and like when does it come on? Like I feel like so many things on Nicktoons had super irregular scheduling. So I, I was more mm. just chasing like that curiosity of what what is a show and what is what is the end goal of this show? Where is Capo Mikey going? Um and sadly, uh Capo Mikey went on to I guess I guess two twenty or so episodes or like twenty-five episode seasons. 50 episodes, 50, and they're each uh, uniquely actually compared to most cartoons we've covered. Each of these episodes are 22 minutes long for a single story, not like the half story thing. Um, So some would say this is long. Yeah. Some would say this is maybe (laughs) um, poorly paired with this show in particular. Like I feel like of any show that's like as high action, like I I believe uh, Spencer, you said each scene has an average length of three seconds. You feel like that'd be better fit to like, kind of those like shorter story like i guess i have like an a and b story but yeah i don't know it all feels like a porridge to to me (laughs) (laughs) after a while spencer we did a little bit of researching on the creative team behind this because of its you know unique aesthetic and also just its unique piece of media it was at its own time i guess uh can you walk us through a little bit the people behind kappa mikey Yes, Kappa Mikey was created by a man named Larry Schwartz. Clearly of um, Japanese heritage, yes. Definitely. He he went to he went to UPenn um to be a lawyer. Famous Japanese university. 
but according to Wikipedia, he wanted some more fun in his career. So he started a toy company called Rumpus Toys. And uh, <laughs> on the, once again, on the Wikipedia, a really funny side note is his toys were insulted by representatives of Toys R Us and his phone calls were not returned. But somebody eventually took a chance on him. <laughs> he was barred I mean, from the toy industry. The, their most, his company was called Rumpus Toys and their most famous toy was named Gus Guts. Uh, I'd never heard of it, but look up a picture of Gus Guts, uh, people at home, and tell me it's not the most terrifying looking thing of all time. Did, did you just look it up, Ryan? Gus Guts? <laughs> describe what you're seeing. Oh. Yeah, describe, describe it to the audience. It's like a, like a traffic cone, <laughs> like, like plastic surgery lips, and then like, if the intestine is coming out, and it's oh, Nico has a boner. Oh, he's <laughs> so I, I, uh, I it's, yeah, like Mr. It's, it's, it's like it's like Mr. Potato Head after he like. You know, like Commit, lived committed seppuku. Yeah, committed seppuku. Moved to Berlin for a few months. <laughs> <In that order. laughs> this looks like some toy that my aunt had that I was legitimately terrified of when I was a kid. Yeah, that I'd be like, "Mom, please take this out of the room." And no, Nico, yeah. if you don't want, if you don't want to offend your aunt, we can cut that part out. Nah, she sold the problems. But anyway, the success. <laughs> The, the rising success of his toy company um, gave him bigger ambitions. He wanted to be like Disney, where they created toys, but also animated films. And so he created a company That's called like the Animation Collective. That's like maybe the 50th thing I think of Disney doing is creating toys. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I guess it's all just but merchandising in this? I'm sorry, yeah. Spencer. Continue on. So he, he created a company called the Animation Collective, and their very first show was called Kappa Mikey, and they pitched it to MTV like in the early 2000s as a more adult oriented show. Um, right. But and they actually had a, they were trying to develop a bit of an animation platform there too, because they had that one Spider Man CGI series that was based off the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, but also like not canonically tied. And then they had Clone High, which is now epic and cool because <laughs> of TikTok again. So, oh my God, we just got to get Kappa Mikey on TikTok and then we get him back. Oh my God. Oh, yes. yes. Let's go. We need that third season. Um, but <laughs> a- anyway, um, Noggin at that time had a, like a sister channel called The N. Um, and they were like, all right, we'll put it on The N. But then The N moved to become a uh, catering or started to cater to even older audiences. I remember so when it, it was called shuffled. The N. The N. And so it got shuffled over to Nicktoons, where it premiered in 2006. Um, and I did not know this, um, but the show's title is a play on the um, sushi type Kappa... Kappa Maki? Kappa, Ma- Kappa Maki. Uh, and a Kappa oh. is, a, is a fish monster or a water demon. Apparently. And a Kappa is no friend of mine. I, I just thought they called Die. it Kappa Mike. I don't know what I thought Kappa Wait, was like a term. This, this this podcast is ACAB, but now it's AKAB. <laughs> it's all Kappas are bastards. <laughs> no, <duh. laughs> now we're done. But yeah, and uh Larry Schwartz, um he, he created a whole bunch of shows, including <laughs> Wade and I's favorite, Three Delivery, which maybe we'll cover on this show <laughs> if we could ever find episodes of that one. If, oh. if we ever have like 
if this podcast lasts long enough that we're covering free delivery, that's the last episode we do. <laughs> this podcast will last 10,000 episodes and then end only after that. I have pronounced it. As it will usher the apocalypse. <laughs> I promise. And we're, we're, we're bringing Ryan back for that one for three, for three deliveries. I promise. Um, Gotta but he hasn't really made Gary Schwartz. Uh, Larry. Larry. Larry, excuse me. Gary's his brother. <laughs> Um, and yeah, but he hasn't really done much since like the early 2010s and, uh, his Twitter is mostly just a uh, Kappa Mikey stands who are still around, uh, asking him various questions so that their fan fictions and fan art are as accurate as possible. Mm, this is what um, it and means. he very kindly answered them. This is what it um, means to nice. be blackballed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah. So that's the story. Very cool. And, um, before we go into a special segment from Nico, I guess I also realize we should probably at least give a vague idea of what the show is about. Yeah. I mean, we'll go into it with the pilot, but just, I, I guess the theme song also literally describes what happens in the pilot. Really? I can't so, understand the words. <laughs> actually, no, I, it doesn't actually. It kind of just says, whatever. It just says, hey, um, you out in the streets. There's an, yeah, it's an anime series in Japan with low ratings. So they bring in a, uh, a American cartoon character. To come in and act in it, being Mikey or Mike's Mikey Simon, uh, and we'll go into you know the minutia of how the pilot introduces all its characters. However, first we'd like to turn to our uh, resident producer engineer Nico to lend his uh, music knowledge and expertise to breaking down this theme song in whatever the fuck we call this segment that doesn't really have a formal name. Nico's Nico's theme song corner. Uh, Take it away. For this segment, Nico will have three minutes, give or take, whatever makes for better content, uh, to break down and, uh, I don't know, educate us and shit uh, about the theme song. I am getting the timer ready. And Nico, we're going to be starting in three, two, break down the music, baby. All right, so this is the Kappa Mikey theme by the Beat Crusaders, who, interestingly enough, this band also did the fourth opening of Bleach. I believe the song is entitled Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. It might be four tonights. It might be two tonights. I don't know. But um, because it's the fourth right opening in. and I didn't get that far in Bleach. That wasn't in the manga. But anyway, so it starts <laughs> with a <laughs> chugging on the guitars, chugging on the E5 to B5, which are the... Uh, one and five respectively but interestingly enough when we hit the, the five in the second measure instead of one a measure of four four we get a little disguised measure of seven eight so it shaves off an eighth note at the end which kind of gives us an unexpected leap into the verse and we have a kind of fun uh almost kind of like bell like synth line that da, 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 that um gives us a little catapult into that it's kind of out doing almost like ska a ska like walk down so then we're in the verse we got kind of a like mid-tempo chugging along um rock verse doing it kind of has this uh composition kind of just like a soft loud um verse chorus kind of thing so what makes it interesting though is the second time we go through we get one of one of the guitars just keeps along with the chord progression and the other one does a four and has like a fourth upper line that doesn't move so it's the one and the five which works with all the chords that it moves through so 
Yeah, that just kind of creates a little more tension and variation the second time. And we also get some claps the second time, which is a... So that's just kind of fun. And then on the on the last measure, everything drops out and we get an octave kind of synth line, which is kind of characteristic and stuff like this. Like you hear it kind of like the pillows do a lot of similar moves like this. And then One we go into the chorus. Maybe. Yeah. And we get a call and response like, hey, hey, look, look. Out in the Out streets, in the streets. Don't you see the man is kept a Which is super fun. Also, I will note there's a little synth there's a little synth line at in the um in the A5, which is the second measure that kind of emphasizes a C sharp pentatonic over the um E, which is the relative minor tonality, which is kind of cool. And then uh the second chorus, the progression moves up a half step. So it's essentially the same thing, but we go through and we also get some third harmony in the last half. So we just get little small things that change. And I'd also like to talk about, I checked out the full version of the song. It's really interesting because when the key change before the key changes, there's actually a whole breakdown and it's a lot heavier, which is cool. And so, yeah, I think this song's cool because there are a lot of like little things that are subtle and kind of glue everything together. Two, one. Yeah. Very good, Nico. Cool. Personally, hey, hey. <laughs> I think it is good. <laughs> I think it could have used another key change, but that's just me. Yes, it could have. It could have done the the summer soft Stevie Wonder treatment. They should have gotten Stevie Wonder to do it. Yeah, but you know, at the end of Golden Lady, where it just changes to every key <laughs> every repetition, we should do that. Well, he was too busy doing Mr. Meaty. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, we... can't believe they rejected that theme in the end, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they're lost. <laughs> but Ryan, as as a as a musician yourself, is there anything you'd like to say about the theme? Any anything you extracted from that discussion? It is very good, and I think the funny thing you get to hear is this like a little unexpected shift with the measures. Uh, in the tele- in the television edit, you don't really expect the uh, <laughs> the uh, the kicks to land exactly where they do. Um, whereas you know, it's hard to explain with the limited amount of language that I have. But it's really it's a really cool. It's hard. It's hard to explain to a limited IQ audience. Yes. Yeah, so, so for people that sort of like don't have an IQ that's like quadruple digits, like. I know you might not like grasp it, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I like the song a lot. Um, it's got a very specific, there's a specific timbre to J-Rock, like with how Nico compared it to the pillows. Um, it, it's very similar to the pillows, I think, in a way that makes me feel nostalgic. Also, I'd like to say I was going through the Beat Crusaders, um, like just, I guess not. Yeah, I guess just discography. There's a lot of stuff that reminds me a lot of Motion City soundtrack. Really? Yeah, there was a. I'll link you the album. There's a specific song that was just like it. Literally, just sounds like commit this to memory. Like not in like a derivative necessarily way, but just in the same way. It's the kind of like I don't know, just kind of how everything's phrased and it's all like very high energy, but like all very lends itself to like anthemic kind of writing, you know but a little bit more sensitive. Truly the after school in the mid 2000s vibe. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. Like, you uh, know, yes. but it's a tsunami. More, yeah. <laughs> exactly. More on the I side. I know it. Of, I know anime. I know what tsunami is. <laughs> now, with that lovely theme song discussed, 
I'd say let's go into our full watching session we had, starting with the pilot. We start as every episode does with, I guess, a brief scene from the anime within the show. Lily Moo. Lily Moo. Lily Moo. Lily Fool. Actually, technically, it's not an anime. Technically, it's a tokusatsu show, which is like a an, a live action. Um, Basically, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Uh, there's oh, going to be a yeah. lot of this today. Um, yeah, actually. <laughs> Sigh. Um, yeah, actually. Um, yeah. No, you're right. Because they, they, but no, they call it anime in the show. Fuck you. Yeah, which is the insane the thing. They call it an anime when it's very clearly well, not how do you an think anime, anime or film? Do you think they just draw it? No, they got to go to set. <laughs> they got to go to the set. They got to go to the camera. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Naruto's <laughs> hanging out on set. Well, then, okay, so we meet the Lily Moo cast members uh, first as their characters. We have, uh, you're going to have to help me out here, Spencer. We have Goron. <laughs> who's Lily Fools? Is that Lily? Who's, no. Gonard. Yeah, that's Gonard. Gonard. Well, I'm pulling up the character list, too. because I... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like the big muscle man with big blue hair. And in the show, he seems like he's the big villain meanie. But on set, he's just a big old dumb, dumb, happy boy. He's the cronk. He's like the... He's a bit of a cronk. He's a himbo. Yeah, he's a himbo. Yeah, he's a himbo. <laughs> himbo rights. <laughs> Blue hair himbo. <laughs> he, he really does have a full-on himbo plot in one of these episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's like the season two premiere. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. Hush, people can't know that we watched more episodes. Um, and uh, <laughs> They're watching along with us. <laughs> yeah, live. Uh, so then the pilot. So basically, we see that uh, they're going through the episode, and we also see uh, Lily, uh, the titular Lily, who is like Sailor Moon esque. She yes. sort of looks like she has like the same wardrobe as uh, Fred from Scooby Doo. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's, I, yeah. that's what made. Me and think uh, of. so, she, and she's like uh, kind of a mix between like. Uh, I don't, I don't know anime tropes as well, but like she kind of damsel in distressy, but also I guess like a magical girl kind of thing. But she doesn't have magic powers. I don't know. What do you, what? How would one of you weebs say this? This is like her character in the show, right? Well, yeah, in the show, and then in the in, show, in the show within the yeah. show, yeah, and then in in Kappa yeah. Mikey, she's like kind of like a materialistic diva. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the show, in the Lily Moose show, she's kind of like a like an action girl and she has the because they're both both of the girls on the show are action girls but lily is more you know pro- action babes yeah, action babes sorry um lily is more prone to you know be like being brainwashed and stuff like that she's the one who usually has to get saved always one in a yeah. friend group <laughs> then there's um the the other girl is mitsuki who for is it the same for you guys but does it does she seem like she's like way more sloppily drawn yes. than Lily. <laughs> yes. She's yeah. the one that reminds well, there, me of a low budget no like uh, art style. Video no. novel. By, video by novel design. Or... That's not just me shitting on the show. Like by design, everything it's like it's like they it's like it's asset flipping. Like they just <laughs> Yeah. She's like the dating sim avatar that would come up <laughs> like that has like two emotions. Uh, do you think Masaki Uasa has seen Kappa Mikey? <laughs> it was his main influence for, for Mind Game, clearly. Mind Game, yeah. Clearly. 
confirm. For Spencer and Wade, Mind Game is an anime that it just switches animation styles. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, you have seen I it? I watched it a few months ago. It's so good. It's incredible, isn't it? I watched it. Definitely that he was influenced I watched it like, about from like 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. And I was very sick while I was watching it. So like, it was exactly how I should experience it. That's what, one day I'll I'll rant to you to you fools about Masaki Yuasa because I love that man dearly. That's that's kind of a great thing. Not that this is the case, although I'm sure it is, about making kids media that just has like a voice in a way, is that like there's a very good chance it'll eventually influence somebody who will make something actually good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like that's pretty crazy. That's my goal too, to clarify. Like in the same way Spencer said that I forgot what it was, but he liked one show as it was good to have on doing laundry. Everything we describe a show as, I only imagine to create a show one day being described in the same way. <laughs> but Wade, your point is moot because uh, Mind Game came out before Capitalism. Oh, no. So, well, uh, what? Was it before the pitch deck? When was oh, it? Yeah, my, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Back when he was uh, an exec at MTV. <laughs> yeah. Ma- um, check it out. Was he working at Toys R Us? Was he one of the people that laughed him out and found him? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a second, that's actually sort of a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that and build my whole career on it. <laughs> um, but then we have um, we have Guano, who's like Pikachu. Yeah, he's, he's like, like the little mouse. In the show, but he's also, he's the uh, writer, director, and in the cast, but he only says his name in the show. That's a fun twist. Yeah. He's, he's the writer and I director. I forgot, I didn't remember show. he was the director. I just remembered like, the chief executive guy as the director which he serves as i guess narratively but right then we have uh uh what's his name mr ozu mr ozu oh Oh, well well he comes up when they they because every episode starts out the cold open is always like a clip from the lily moo show then something goes wrong Yeah, they're always like, cut, we, something's wrong, and we need to learn a lesson about it. <laughs> You're not um, supposed to chew gum on set. And then and then the final part of the episode, it shows them using gum machine guns. As the weapon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because they learned. But this is where we meet when they, when they cut, because the guy uses trading cards for right. some reason. And mm-hmm. Mr. Um, Ozu, he doesn't like it anymore. And he points out how, even though they were a super high-rated anime, um, <laughs> it's gone down in ratings. And he's like, we need a new star. Cut to go to the globe, go across the ocean, go into the United States of America, introduce uh, Mikey Simon, who at how the YMCA else, at the YMCA. <laughs> and how else would you introduce uh, um, America than him auditioning for Simon Cowell um, for, oh, yeah. for a theatrical <laughs> production of was it Hamlet? the christmas giraffe <laughs> which which oh boy man don't you love how funny 2006 is that made me so nostalgic for for the time in children's media where there was always a simon cowell type figure in like every show and it was very clear it was the guy with like the t- tight t-shirt and the hairy arms who had the british accent who would always come in and judge <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's he wants to be an actor. He's failing. Um, uh, Simon Kyle says, "Your stinky doo doo, get out of here." And Mikey's sad about it. And you know, let's let's put this on a little bit like one point five speed. And then we see them uh, back in Japan. They're trying to audition for a new lead in the show. But 
or I guess just a, a new person to join the cast, but no one's really standing out to them. But we do get a very funny montage of people auditioning and being bad. And there's the guy who loves Ozu. The, I think his character's name is just... Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he... he He's like the perfect example of why this show is so exhausting. Like every time he appears, he's like a different shape or size. Oh and yeah, no, like, this face. is like kind of a precursor to like any kind of qualm you'd have with like Johnny Test or something. Like this, the amount of like fart sound effects and like slide whistles and just guitar cymbals riffs. and guitar riffs, like every. Scene. <laughs> uh, oh man, he's it's pick scrapes. So their characters are so. I respect, I really respect that there is, there is like, there's like maybe one model, but like how inconsistent the sizes are of everything. And I've been just like shifting to like the <laughs> chibi style or whatever, but just from scene mm. to scene, and I fully respect that. I view that as a choice. Mm. Um, but anyway, then um, Goru decides, what if we give away these cards, these scratch off cards? And if you win, you get to join the show. And somehow one makes its way to USA America and Mikey scratches it off and he wins and he goes over to Japan uh, and he joins the show. And before they had their big press conference, uh, Mr. Ozu tells the cast to show him around Tokyo and teach him about Japanese culture. <laughs> and that uh, we get a montage of him going around Tokyo. What do you think of that, Ryan? It's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching this. I was truly floored. I was sort of like, it, it's just Ozu and the Yes Man are so their characters existing. It's so racist. It's yeah. Crazy. We should oh, clarify. This is a racist show. <laughs> I was very uncomfortable crazy. with that. Yeah, I think the I think the like very obvious stereotypes with the fever dream imagery just. Ugh. I guess you're playing with fire regardless with this concept of the show, but the idea of like an American, like if they played into like, oh, Mikey was very much an American cartoon, like he was totally in the Western style. Um, and then it was in contrast to like, there, there was a way to do this show. Uh, yeah. One great way to do it was not have, as we could see, we can't, we didn't fully confirm this, but it didn't seem like any of the characters doing a heavy Japanese accent were um, Japanese or Asian. I mean, Ozu is voiced by a man named Stephen Moverly. All right, well, we don't know. <laughs> we don't yes, know. Man is, <laughs> yeah, yes, man is voiced by a man named Jesse Adams. All right, well, we don't know. <laughs> oh my and then it's the thing of like, when you're just in Japan and talk to other Japanese people, they talk in like, like American accents. Yeah, which yeah. like it, it, you feel like you just need you make a choice one way or the other. Oh, not even that. There, several of them speak in like a Cockney accent. It's like different characters. Um, but also another point, he arrives. Um, so they go around. They do like Dance Dance Revolution. He walks around like Persona loading screens. They're um, automatically friends. They're fr oh, and then he's also a sex pot. All the all the the ladies in Japan are just—it's like a hard day's night. They're running after Captain Mikey, chomping at the um, bit. He's a star. But yeah, wait, oh, <laughs> actually, wait, no. There's actually a joke. I gotta give credit that made me laugh a uh, decent a bit when they come back from showing him around Tokyo, and Mr. Ozu's like, "What? You only took him to see? I'm not doing a voice. You only took him to see touristy <laughs> stuff. You have to show him the oh, real yeah. Japan." And then they do the same <laughs> montage, but it's replaced with uh, him 
and yes man, yes man and Cap- yeah. captain mikey and it's it's like they beat for beat the same montage but with them it's faster but it's funny it's funny yeah <laughs> and oh also uh uh blue haired lady uh she's Hitsuki. got she's got a crush on uh, mikey mikey don't care mikey oblivious or perhaps aloof it- and what's her character? She's like sort of the shy one. She's like sort yeah. of shy. Yeah. I didn't. She does she have that much of a character? We didn't. At least the episodes we saw, I don't think there was like that much Mitsuki content. Yeah. She really. Her, she was going to get her full arc in season three. Her character is kind of like first season is like she openly has a crush on Mikey and she's nice, but she definitely like develops a character in season two. Like there's a lot more episodes specifically focused on her and like her relationship with Mikey. Do they ever get together? No, he. But he realizes that she likes her, and like by the end of season two, they're like working toward it. Oh, damn. what a damn! Tease. And this is why I tweet about getting that season three every day. <laughs> every Wade is literally on Twitter tweeting at Larry Schwartz like, "Please, please, 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 season season three, please, season three, please." He's literally sending him death threats. I just want to see the wedding. Yeah. So he does the press conference. And Mikey just gets obsessed with the star life that all these ladies are going after him. He doesn't have to do anything for himself. And another joke I think is pretty funny is that the tea is hot. And uh, Mr. Rose is like, oh, the restaurant, we yeah. have people that can take care of that for you. And the guy just drinks the tea for him. <laughs> uh, and then it's too hot. And he gets the ice and gives it to Mikey. Uh, it's good. It's stupid. But it's the kind of stupid I dig. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So they yeah, have those I points. <laughs> it's I, Ozu's like it's su- such like a racist caricature, but Ozu. Well, is do the voice like you were doing favorite. earlier. No, <laughs> right before we recorded. Stop. What you were doing? One day, Wade, this is it'll backfire on you so hard. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I Delete that I detail. begged him to stop. He kept doing it. <laughs> he called me soy. Yeah, he, sh- he, sh- he, shot he called me tofu, and he said like Japan, and then he did the voice w- again. Wade is the vouch of the. He podcast. is one of my. <laughs> he is one of my favorite characters, just because like how sometimes like really tender he is. With <laughs> I do. I do kind of yeah. like the character. Like it's really weird. You know what I'm they talking? Have, about. They have an intimate relationship. Well, he's, he's like, Mikey's all right, Mikey. I I believe in you. Like he's. Is Mikey's adoptive father because of his absent parents? Oh yeah, that's yeah. a weird run. Oh, I like that. That um, yeah. yeah. So like every time, whenever he a few times he'll call back to the voicemail on his parents' uh, number, and early on his dad thinks he's like a hack, um, a failure, not a hack. And then and then later once he's big, you hear that his dad loves him. But then sometimes you could hear them like actively anno- ignoring his call where they're like on the voicemail. They're like, is that Mikey? <laughs> well, I guess it, it doesn't make sense because it's their voice mailbox. No, it's, oh, if you're know. looking for Mikey, he's blank, blank, blank. Yeah. Or, oh, Mikey, if this is you. But sometimes they'll be like, is that Mikey calling? Did they say that? <laughs> I don't remember Well, no, that. there are yeah. a couple times where it's like, there's like a gag. It's like, unless it's Mikey, then... Okay, then yeah. It's a, then And it ties into like, what, yeah. why ever he's calling them. Which usually. I think that's... That actually, I think that's fun. I like that. No, no yeah, gag. I thought it was really um, Yeah. Yeah, then they get, sure, they get the same. Three, we see them. Then uh, after, like, he lets his team down because he's a diva, he he does, like, the sad montage. And then fucking uh, uh, Gonard wearing a MAGA cap comes over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's tough. I bet he fell down, like, the Joe Rogan pipeline. He seems like a good guy that just kind of, like, got people getting his head. He started to believe there was a lot more of the world against him, and he thought like cultural Marxism was the cause of it. 
Yeah, he's on his Instagram. Be like, I found this great self help book. It's twelve r- rules to life. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's sorry. I guess I I, I, yeah. I didn't take a note. I missed it. Well, um, and he actually I, like, like reads his lines. Like of the few of the a couple of the episodes that we watch, a lot of the resolutions I really don't get. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the thing. These episodes are um like like we said before. They're they're really long, but they feel because of the pace of the show. They feel like an hour long. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like which is weird to clarify. So much the, jammed in there. The pace of the show is fast. There's just so much of it. Um, like it's not it that feels it feels like I'm watching a feature paced. film. <laughs> Every episode, which you know what that that there's something to be taken away from that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Anyway, so then it, it ends. Uh, they, they shoot the scene. I forget how it changes, but Mikey's there now, and he makes his grand debut. He's a big star. Um, and Mr. Ozu shows him that he got him his own set of cards just for him and their sweet little relationship. And they walk off into a sunset backdrop, like Truman Show style. And that's the yeah, pilot. And the show is saved. And the show is saved. Oh, right. The show is saved. He doesn't cancel the show. That's the whole thing. Because he's yeah, a star. Yo, oh, yeah. Ozu uh, threatens to cancel the show repeatedly. All right. The next episode was my choice, right? But Spencer pick. Miko, put in the Spencer pick theme. Oh, of course. Spencer. Ryan, yeah, Ryan, can you can you actually do a guest composition of Spencer's pick? Yes. Spencer's now. pick. That's Thank right. This you. show, baby. They call they don't call this show the forty percent effort podcast for nothing. <laughs> um, what do you mean forty percent? I actually spent like weeks composing that. Um, would you like to see the sheet? Music? Oh no. Ryan just logged off the Zoom call. Um, <laughs> also, I think this is, I don't know when, I, this is a time to mention something that we forgot to mention when we were talking about the background of the show. Whoops, we're bad at this. The, the show has a very famous uh, person who was on the writing staff. Oh, you know what? Well, actually, it, it comes up because he, he co-wrote the episode after this. No, he did. He did not. I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Okay, well, he was a staff writer on season one, so whatever. Fuck you. Um, it's, uh, Who is it, Wade? It's Colin Jost, America's sweetheart. <laughs> Who is now married to Scarlett Johansson. Well, yeah, and also uh, on Weekend Update on SNL. Um, yeah, which was a gig he got right after leaving Cap and Mike. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you figure it out and you're like, it makes you understand the world less. Can yeah. I, can I, okay, I want to say my most deluded idea. I don't think this is realistic at all, but this would be really funny. If we just, if I said really mean stuff about Colin Jost, and somehow I was ever up for a writing gig. My packet got through, and I got a gig on SNL, and I got taken down for what I controversially said on my podcast, but has nothing to do with anything cancelable. And just because I said Colin Jost is like a kind of annoying hack. <laughs> Yeah. No, but he's married. To- no, not that he is. Not that he is. He's very funny. <laughs> but he wrote Kappa Mike. Yeah. Yeah. What's your problem, bro? What's I just annoying I- or hack like about Kappa Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? With that said, this this like reading Colin Joseph, it both blew my mind and very quickly made sense that Colin Joseph was writing this show. <laughs> I don't think we watched any of the episodes he wrote, though, sadly. He he was staff writer sadly. on season one, so I'm mm-hmm. sure he had his, his little, his grimy little... Mi- no, I'm kidding. I don't hate Colin Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We have a friend who loves him that I don't fucking get, but whatever. Hatred. It's, it's no... 
<laughs> it's no coincidence, but I think this episode I chose might be my favorite one of the ones we watched. It's called Saving Face. And so, um, once again, we start with um, Lily Moo. Lily Fools. <laughs> uh, that never gets... <laughs> um, and Kappa Mikey doesn't want to show part of his face to the camera. Um, and it turns out the reason for this is because he has a giant pimple because he let a pig lick his face. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do, know do if that, that was... <laughs> do you wonder if this was just a cutaway for the episode or if that is any way a flashback to a previous episode. No, but we see the pig again in the future. Like, he just has these... Imagine if this show had, like, intense continuity. <laughs> like... He let a pig there's lick some his face continuity. three episodes ago. I think a lot of it is just reusing character models, but there's some continuity. Yeah, yeah, I do think they show that pig farm again. They a do few times because it's like one of the backgrounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have pig farm in the in the folder. Um, but anyway, <laughs> exterior so he has pig a, farm day. He has a huge zit, and he's like everyone's horrified. And then the B plot, which I think is hilarious, it could just be really stupid, but Lily who is like, I'm like the, the sponsor. I, I have like all these brands um, that I'm like the face of, but it turns out that this sock puppet named Socky. Is that <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. This sock puppet named yeah, Socky. I like Socky. Is now named like the sexiest man on earth. It's <laughs> taking all of her endorsements. Most away. beautiful person. <laughs> He's like, what's the matter, Lily? Like, can't handle the sock. <laughs> And he has like a, he like does a rap. I think that's hilarious. And so Lily's whole thing is like, all right, I'm gonna try to take down Saki and become like the face of the brands again. But um, so Ozu because he he loves Mikey takes him to this weird doctor who really looks like a character from a visual bad visual novel video oh, yeah. game. He has like an eye patch. <laughs> he, he looks, looks like, like a Naruto OC. Yeah, he looks like he was taken from a Naruto deviant art. It's he's, he looks like someone wrote like a post-apocalyptic like Pokemon thing, and he's like evil Professor Oak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they just they just threw him in there, and so he ends up making the zit bigger. And then there's like a Cockney hunchback. <laughs> Doesn't make Bruh. sense. You remember like the Cockney hunchback paparazzi? He's like, yeah. oh, I got oh, you oh, now, Mikey. Oh yeah. <laughs> And so he takes <laughs> their oh chase God. sequence. Yeah, he, he chases him to like the Daily Bugle. Yeah, and I only J. call Jordan it that because Jameson. it's a it's a gossip rag who is edited by literally J. Jonah Jameson. Like they just took his design. I think they gave him another name, but it is no, unmistakable. Yeah, like they don't even J. give him like a different hair color or anything like that usual stuff that you like make it like just visually different enough like a mad magazine thing or whatever <laughs> like it really is just j jonah jameson except like the voice is kind of different um, yeah he's got like a voice like this or something I yeah like, i i wonder i wonder if they had the full design before the voice or whatever but yeah it's, it's I j wonder jonah if they jameson designed it way back in like the 50s or <laughs> and stan lee saw it <laughs> Damn, Kappa oh, Mikey, larry schwartz's grandfather Kappa mikey is it is it the is the base root of all culture <laughs> pretty much but anyway there's like this whole convoluted thing where he's like i'm not i won't publish your photo if you get me the dirt on your castmates and so kappa mikey being the bad friend he is uh dishes out the dirt and then it gets once again these things feel like so long like yeah no so many like it's the same happen. beat twice because then it's the same with the photos mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah and then he especially. like apologizes, but then it happens again because <laughs> I guess they needed to fill time. I will say, like, the thing about Capo Mikey that I think is really, really interesting is uh, it's he is such a scumbag. Like, everybody <laughs> in the show sucks as a person except like Mitski and Gonard. And it's really interesting because you kind of, I feel like with most series, you, with most cartoons, the protagonists, you want them to be, uh, like, yeah, like a yeah. hero, I guess, even if they're doing something normal, but Mikey is so selfish and like terrible. <laughs> yeah. that, like Every episode when he wins, you kind of misleading everybody or like, you know, people are agreeing with him and they really shouldn't be. It's kind of yeah, like recast the role. <laughs> It's just really funny. Everybody's kind of stupid. Everybody's really selfish. Everybody's really, you know. Anyway, they wrap it up somehow, and I think she beats Saki. I lied. There was a funny joke where she goes to the restaurant, um, and she's like, I want my usual table. And he's like, Sorry, madam, I gave your usual table to Saki. <laughs> and he's like, Hey there. Hey Lily. I'm sorry. Hope you're doing good. It's like good. a photorealistic looking sock puppet. They, like, he's such really a fuckboy about it too. <laughs> he's like I, I love Saki and I love how you never see you never really see who he's always like popping up behind somebody's back, so you never really yeah. see like the hand attached to him. I think there is funny. it's a sock. There's no hand attached to him. It's Saki. Yeah, Saki. But all is well in the end, and I, I forgot like what he does. He he holds a press roll. conference. And he goes to say he's sorry, but he just like rags on his friends more and like shows more pictures of uh, of Goru being a diaper man, <laughs> being a little diaper right, king. Wait, baby. his name his is, name is Gonard. 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 Not Gonard. No, the the little purple fuck. Guano. Guano. Like bat poop. Yeah. No, he like literally is a diaper baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's like ashamed of his diaper baby kink and like he's repeatedly <laughs> outed by it by Mikey. Over and show over. Also teaches- I, I'm not even like exaggerating a bit. Like that's literally what is happening in the show. <laughs> I mean, the show literally just says like, as long as you hold a press conference, it'll be better. Anyway, like how many oh, press conferences he, oh, are no, in no, the no. show? Here's how he really fixes it, for Lily at least. He then reveals the dirt he had on Saki, that Saki was a dork in high school he <laughs> yeah. got, and then he got plastic surgery from uh fucking dr naruto that's somehow like mikey stole like like, d- like medical files or something and he found that out and then they, so it all ties together cleanly but yeah and then we get back to their show and now in the anime they're not so they were fighting old lady robots before we didn't oh, mention yeah, that. that uh once again it, it wasn't it was just i guess something the show had it wasn't relevant enough to the plot or whatever but um so it shifted it into i guess so it could be something else now is why they did that but now it's paparazzi robots because that was the villain of the episode and um they guano we watch takes them, art from life we watch them terminate princess diana and they go after <laughs> I have to say. what is that not okay <laughs> Fuck you. Hello, the princess. We love the princess. We love Princess Di, innit? <laughs> princess Di, come on the show. <laughs> Get off the show now. Get over here. What should Princess Di? Which, what, what, what cartoon would she go? Hello, like? babes. You gotta do like Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> come on, babes. 
<laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah, they defeat the paparazzi robots and they learn a lesson that like, I don't know, kill the press. <laughs> now, Nika, depending on what happens the next two, next week, uh, delete that last <laughs> line that I saw. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, just, just put like a yellow card next to that. And just if anything happens, just play an audio clip of the band. Yellow. It is card. January 9th as of me saying that. I don't usually like <laughs> yeah. to date the show, but just in case, I can't wait for you people listening on Mars in 2057. <laughs> shit went down <laughs> because of this. Man. Okay, all right, let's fucking move on. <laughs> next, we get to Wade's pick, mm-hmm. and Ryan, if you could throw in a guest composition of the Wade's pick theme. Excellent, thank you. So I chose um my my season one episode thirteen. It's named after my very hot take favorite Sofia Coppola movie, Lost in Translation. This is, but it is this one's called. Actually, yeah, no, that's my favorite. This is called Lost in Transportation. It has nothing to do with Lost in Translation, but it's kind of like that thing that a lot of kids' cartoon shows do, where like the title is just kind of a pun of like a movie <laughs> or something, whether it's related to it or not. Yeah, which is what yeah. makes it good. I guess it's in Japan. I guess. Yeah. Later. Have you heard of um? Uh, and I guess I I guess Kappa Mikey's wandering alone, and maybe the biker guy is like his Bill Murray. Yeah. He's also voiced by Bill Murray, so that's probably <laughs> it. Um. So yeah, it opens with their they're chasing uh Himbo, but in in the anime Goron, Gordon, Greg Gregzer at Brexit. You're gonna learn you're gonna learn this freaking name. Gregory. It's Gonard. Gonard. Gonads. He's uh, not a Zelda character. <laughs> Gonard. And he's running away and they're like, quick, get in and this 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 active, like this confused me so much about the canon of it, of the show but okay so basically they all get into like their toyetic battle car but mikey can't fit in but it, he jumps in he's like all right and he's like hanging out the side of it and they end up like crashing or whatever and they all cut they're like mikey you don't fit in there but like they're saying like him like that was his choice as an actor like you guys that's something like they didn't it's supply script, yeah. yeah like that's that was in the script but anyway they they offer him like rollerblades but he's pissed that he can't be in the car and then he realizes all the ways he's excluded but it's tough because he's also established that he's like the big star um but i guess he's excluded from the main cast he feels so he sees yeah he sees like the photos of them hanging out together and then we get a good voicemail gag where he calls back to his mom and dad and they ask if they like the four person bike they sent his friends and you see his mm-hmm. friends all riding the bike together. Um, and then uh, Mr. Ozu informs them that the child of uh, Miss what is he? Stereo. Is he like no, Stereo. I oh, can't remember Stereo. his first name, Stereo. but it's a big sponsor of the show. Who's like a crazy guy. Who, Cause he did the whole idea of like, I'm so crazy with these deals. Uh, but it's like ratcheted up to eleven, where like he makes like soup pants and like he jumps out of a plane. <laughs> he jumps out uh, of a plane and dies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he uh, and he's having a birthday party for his son in the park, and his son's like a big fan of the show. And Mister Ozu said they'll all be there in an hour, and they go into the car and Lily's driving, but there's no space for Mikey, only space for four people. To which I say, uh, can't like fucking that little purple fuck just sit on his lap? <laughs> <laughs> this cartoon doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not safe. Half though. star. Yeah, um, cinema sins anybody? <laughs> Doink. Um. Japan has very strict seatbelt laws. Um. 
maybe. Do you think? Do know. you think Mr. Ozu's like an in, intentional commentary on Japan's hostile work culture? I think he's an homage <laughs> to the director. <laughs> I think he's. You got him. I think essentially he's symbolism for um, God mm-hmm. and Kappa Mikey. You know, Mikey himself is Jesus. The prodigal, yeah, prodigal son. Yeah, and Mitsuki <laughs> is Mary Magdalene, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> okay uh so yeah so mikey he tries to go in the car they don't let him so he's like oh walk on my own you guys stink and he walks in his own he ends up uh like he walks through like shibuya and he ends up like um in the the on the the turf of a biker gang the chums oh yeah they yeah they all do they do they say s they say s's together uh, led by a dude with huge, uh, cute yeah, eyes. Yeah, he's got huge, like, Astro Boy eyes and, like, a puffed of <laughs> chest hair. And then, like, one of the guys is literally, like, an ogre. Like, it's actually, I kind of like the yeah. design of this biker gang. Also, that, like, yeah. I don't know if this is just a quirky thing. Because I think they lead into it being a quirky thing or if it's just a consequence of it being, like, a kid show. Is it, like, they're not at a biker bar. They they have a biker coffee shop. So, like, there's jazz. <laughs> there's jazz playing. Um and they're gonna rough up this city boy, even though he tries to put on a dance for them. But he like ends up giving everybody a bunch of like McDonald's coffee burns. Um, and he does the tequila dance from from Pee Wee. He does the exact oh dance shit with yeah the, with the music play. He <laughs> does oh, like stupid. the postmodernism. Once have again, you even heard of it? Confuses Wade. <laughs> um, anyway, then they Wade they realize and then in a weird way they realize he's the movie star and then even though i didn't recognize him they're all huge fans um and he becomes an honorary member of the gang mitsuki and uh uh purple um show up to the coffee place um and they're they're saying that we need your help you gotta save the show and he's like you weren't good friends to me i like my new biker friends and we're like oh what's he gonna choose but then he shows up with this biker gang and the the boy who was being a brat, uh, Cap, uh, Mikey takes him on the motorcycle. And they, they do a trick by running down a table, and everyone's happy, and the show is saved. And uh, the stereo guy gives Mister Ozu a hug, and he purrs during it. Yeah, and then uh, I forget how the show changes. Oh yeah, then when they're going away, now instead of getting into the car, he has his own toyetic motorcycle, and he goes away in that, and he learns his lesson of. Um, uh, anyway, the next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the all, the, all the vehicles, all the vehicles in the show have that crappy like CGI. Um, oh yeah, it's it's yeah, blended look. CGI and um like two D flash Wait, animation. Like, this is kind of like it's it's both. To clarify, yeah. this show must have been them working with a shoestring budget. I don't want to shit on the animators too much because I'm sure they were given like eight dollars. Wait, Spencer, um, did you say shitty? Like, did you say this? <laughs> because <laughs> i don't understand like what do you yeah, it's, it's zoom it's zoom it's okay 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 mm-hmm. i was about to yeah so up. and with the 3d animation it influenced the third berserk yes anime. the 2016 berserk yes. anime <laughs> the sound <laughs> effects influence the way the sword sounds like a fucking a fucking iron knew, dropping on the ground i knew this was just going to be a backdoor pilot for nico and ryan's secret anime podcast <laughs> i couldn't help it you get us in the same room and it's just what happens. I'm sorry. Oh, well, oh wait. So that, that brings us to wrapping with season, uh, season one. And we go into season two, episode one, which was none other than our guests. Very pick the episode being camp. Ryan, do you, do you remember what occurs in, uh, in the episode you picked vaguely? Yeah. So basically, um, at the start of season um, two, basically, um, I think this is, I think the opening, uh, 
filming gag of season two, episode one. It's my favorite filming gag in the series uh, because they're basically fighting. You know, they're filming a fight scene on a roof where Lily has been brainwashed. And they're all really tired, so they're just like, oh, Lily fools, hey, you can't stop me. And they're like, you know, missing all their kicks and they're just like phoning it in. And Ozu ends the Lily fool. Yeah, but he's no, he's, no, but he's, he's tired about it. He's just so, oh, yeah. And that actually, that's actually an interesting bit because he still has the voice because um, uh, Gonard, he, uh, he switches his <laughs> voice a lot. For when he's on the show versus when he's like himbo mode. Himbo mode. <laughs> himbo mode. So this this voice actor he plays it pretty well, where he yeah. still does the recognizable voice, but he's doing a low energy. I think the voice acting overall in the series is pretty good. I would say yeah, I really like Lily. Lily's a lot of fun. The graphics is good. <laughs> the My grand part about the graphics is the exaggerated no, uh, no, swagger. I agree. It. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Of <laughs> a teenage American boy starring in an anime. <laughs> um, the reason I think I feel okay being a, a little bit snarky about this show is uh, how wrong-headed and racist it can be. Uh, yeah. But there's also a lot of people putting in good work here. There's good, good people. There's you know what? There's good people on both sides. Is the point I'm really yeah, trying Colin to make? Colin Jost. Here. The banality of Colin Jost, especially. <laughs> no, I I do I agree. I think the voice actors there's there's some neat stuff there. Although Kappa Mikey is voiced by the head of the animation company. Is that right, Spencer? Is that true? Or no, not the head of the company. He he owned the recording studio where they recorded in New York. Oh, okay, that's cute. The parts of the show that I find myself digging it the most is when it kind of feels like it's just like like really like on the fly working off a shoestring budget trying to like make something out of that um but it almost feels like something that would work better one not as a 22 minute episode thing uh but it's a fun concept I don't know I I don't want to be like too insanely mean about the work done on this show versus just like the immediate execution of the concept being big yikes. Right. Anyway, pardon my interruption, Ryan. As you were saying, they were very sleepy on set. Yes, and then Ozu ends the scene, and he's like... Oh, yeah, and the, the blue-haired girl, she sounds, um like, uh apathetic and, and disconnected, which that, that would that would maybe do something for me. Uh, <laughs> if I saw that episode, I'd like, yeah, do it. So Ozu's basically like, hey, this is, you know, this is bullshit, it can't work. They're like, we literally aren't sleeping at all because our hours are so long. Mitsuki asks for uh, vacation and Ozu, you know, eventually acquiesces and he decides, you know what, I'm going to send you to a luxury spa nearby. And um, they all get packed and he charters a bus. They also reveal they work 19 hour days. Yeah, they work 19 hour days, which is part of the reason why they're so exhausted. So um, they all get packed and get and Ozu charters a bus for them and they go to the spa and then they realize that they accidentally left Gonard at the studio and he got a ride from his mom and his mom dropped him off early. Um, but it turns out he didn't go to the spa, he went to a cheerleading camp and all the cheerleaders think he's a monster because of his appearance and they start running away from him and he's just trying to make friends and meanwhile at the camp is turns out to be a broken down post-apocalyptic um destroyed like former spa turned into a war zone and then they're seeing like an <laughs> ape fighting a dinosaur and it turns out that they're well it, it's inspired by that classic anime king kong versus godzilla yeah the legend the legendary anime godzilla. and it turns out that the spa is actually a film studio active school by a mysterious man named claude von fabio 
and um, always <laughs> Bon Flavio. Yeah, literally, they whisper that after <laughs> everything he says. And um, yeah, Bon Claude has been hired by Ozu to put them through an acting boot camp. Um, and even though they try to weasel their way out of it, he says that you know this is what I got paid for, so this is what we're gonna do. Um, and basically, the episode is them going through the acting, learning with the children who are also there. Meanwhile, Gonar is trying to make friends with the cheerleaders still. There's a whole arc where they're telling stories of a campfire. And they start talking about this uh, mysterious American boy who got a wedgie um, during a school play named Wedgie Boy. And it turns out that Mikey was that boy. And he starts hallucinating. As a peapod, yeah. Yeah. He starts hallucinating and screaming about getting a wedgie. Mm-hmm. And they have to talk him down. And meanwhile, Claude Montfavio begins plotting revenge against Mikey for disrespecting him. And then um, Claude Montfavio stages the play that was the one where uh, Mikey had gotten the wedgie and he stages that same play. And Mikey experiences trauma, has PTSD, and he runs away. Um, he tries to leave. He starts to say that he's not fit to be an actor. They, you know, tell him, no. Because you're already here, so don't leave. And he's like, okay. That, that's the thing. This show, <laughs> I feel like most episodes we've watched have a speech at some point. Yeah. Not once have it, it, at any point seemed like something like remotely inspiring. Not even like to the audience, to the mm-hmm. people in the narrative. Which I think I think adds to the humor because the like yeah. is so easily swayed that they can just be like, <laughs> no, you're like cool. And he's like, you're right. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so then eventually they do the performance. Um he doesn't get the wedgie. The audience applauds. Wait, you neglected um, the part that seems to resonate the most with people based on Google image search. Which part? About uh, freaking Gonard's uh, pixie goth. Yeah, cat. I was about to circle back to the, the B-plot. <laughs> okay, yeah. pardon me, pardon yeah. me, as he were. <laughs> so, so Claude um, apologizes to Mikey. That's all wrapped up. Uh, Mikey you know, offers to like take him out sometimes for a drink or something. Meanwhile, Gornard has been shunned by the popular girls who keep making fun of him at the cheerleading camp, and he befriends a manic pixie dream girl. Um, a pro <laughs> appears to be a prototype for Gwen from Total Drama Island. Um, <laughs> and they start, <laughs> you know, hanging out. Her name's Lydia, and they hang Sorry, out. Ryan, why do you go after all the popular podcasters? Why <laughs> can't you see that? me and spencer like you who you are she was a boy she was a girl could i make it any more obvious um and then they eventually go back and finish filming the episode that they were filming at the beginning and it successfully works and this is where my question of how old are these people come up because (laughs) presumably these high schoolers i guess i guess could be in university i was thinking i I, sorry not high schools these cheerleaders i was thinking our high school i guess it could be university but is it like I I was reading Gonard as like a grown ass man. <laughs> Gonard Gonard very much looks like he's in like his late twenties. Which that adds another layer to where like the like high the uh the people's horror of him there is just <laughs> this grown ass dude is like running around his cheerleader <laughs> camp and just jumping and throwing. Yeah. Him, like. <laughs> oh yeah, he does throw one of them into oblivion. Yeah. Also, I love the design of the the drama teacher he looks like a villain straight out of uh like fairly odd parents like team rocket yeah, team rocket, yeah. 
Oh, yes. Or Fairlight the show Fair. famous for its uh, rogues gallery of villains, <laughs> Team Rocket. Oh, and, uh, sorry. Wait, fuck, fuck, fuck. I got Team Rocket confused with Rocket Power. Rocket mind. Power. <laughs> Never mind. Oh yeah. Never mind. I was picturing like what would what what did the enemy team look like in Rocket? I mean, it fit. Did you ever read the Rocket Power manga? <laughs> because seriously, the whole very brutal, very bloody. The Death Row Convicts tournament in Rocket Power was crazy. Ryan, how does this resolve? How do we, in the end, how do we get back to the anime? Yeah, that is one of the crazy things is that that subplot, that that plot ends, that they go and finish the filming and it's over. But it's one of those things where I think it's kind of almost avant-garde in a way. There's no (laughs) real, nothing's really at stake except for Mikey's ego. Um, Which I think is just really funny. He's just kind of a shithead with no no swag. <laughs> you know, he's he's got he doesn't have he doesn't have the guts. He's just kind of like a. I just have a soft spot for characters that are just kind of like, like like series when the characters have no redeemable qualities, <laughs> and when things you should check out this show I've been watching called Fox and Friends. <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's oh, like that. oh my god. That's a huge L on my phone. It's, this, it's this it's this epic anime I've got. <laughs> the Bill O'Reilly manga. <laughs> Volume 135. Remember Glenn Beck? But yeah. Jeff Beck. I think I love, I love his guitar to, playing. I love to remember Glenn Beck. <laughs> I love Beck. <laughs> but yeah, I think um I think this episode was really Really weird because it it, it kind of <laughs> it kind of it's kind of a huge moment for um, Mikey. You see a lot of I'm his. Sorry, it's a huge <laughs> moment. Yeah, it's the most you see of his past and his ego um, when it comes to his acting. It's a psychodrama. It's a psychodrama. It's really it's really powerful. Psycho. Yeah, at some point, all the environments just melt away into okay, like amorphous. So this is where Jacob's shapes. ladder comes from. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is it sets the tone for season two because season two stories are a bit more you start getting less and less of a B plot because I think Gonard's Gonard's subplot in this episode was kind of like it's kind of comedic relief in between the like what's actually like, happening. Like peasants, peasants entertainment. Exactly. Yeah, they skip straight to the C plot. Exactly. No B plot. I think um yeah, I think season two because season two is a little more cast. You have is this a bit, or do you actually have this like this memory of the show? This is like my memory of the show because there's a lot more in season two that handles with like the plot kind of unfurls a lot more. There's a lot more drama. There's a lot more dramatics where Mikey's tantrums are more. Intense. I guess. Well, in the next episode we cover, we do see a little bit of what Ryan's talking about. We we do. I also i I have a vague memory of what I think was a series finale that'll have to or a season finale that'll have to ask you about. Which that brings us to the final episode we covered, which is our obligatory season two episode eight. If the series makes it a season two episode eight, you best believe we're going to talk about it. Oh, this episode is called Script Assassin. Uh, after seeing that Mister Ozu, um, tampered with uh, Purple Man's script, 
Guano. Guano's script. He literally the, says his name. Are you trying to make that a bit? Because I'm like, I'm disappointed in you, Wade. I, well, he I, did I, go through the I Jimmy Neutron episode calling yeah. him Sydney. Our fans would totally rip him apart. In it's like, it's like that popular post yeah. on our subreddit. I don't know if Wade is joking, but every time he does this, he discredits creators mm-hmm. and people that actually <laughs> care about the shows that he makes so much money talking about. It's like he hasn't even read yeah. the manga. <laughs> also, wait. I just oh, wish they would replace him. Me for those um, anyway, like, so once uh, <laughs> he realizes that the uh, script is being altered with, uh, Mr. Ozu uh, says that he can do whatever he wants because that script is poopy and Mr. Ozu made it good. Um, and Guanu's like, I'm I close. Quit. That was close, Wade. <laughs> you said Guanu. I'm going to keep calling you out. It's Guano. It's a word. Guano's a word. It's me. It's bat feces. It's like a like oh, in all the pardon me. How could I forget <laughs> such a what? common word that I encounter in the everyday world? In every single Batman animated series, there's always a villain. It's like, hey, bat guano. <laughs> they call him that. It's like a common insult for Batman. And I thought you were a Batman fan, but I guess not. <laughs> you know what? I can I can take that hit. I'm a fake <laughs> Batman fan. Spencer's. Have you even seen the Batman? I've seen the Batman versus Dracula. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to Kappa Mikey. Uh, Guano quits, and he goes on. Uh, he he like goes on a, a ice cream binge or whatever. Which at this came out before the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Um, it didn't. It didn't. But maybe he saw he saw an early script for it because <laughs> all these were written in eighteen twenty four. Art yeah. imitates Kappa Mikey. <laughs> the famous <laughs> phrase. Um, anyway, so he's actually he's speaking with the biker that we met in uh, Lost in Transportation. Continuity. Continuity. Um, and meanwhile, they the director they bring in to replace Guano. Is they get? Is it Guano? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they, they bring in. I would. I would call you out. I would roast you. They you bring in this wrong. this ninja known as the Script Assassin who. Um, judging by the show's past activities, is also voiced by a white man. Um, I thought that's what they called Wade. A white man? Yes. <laughs> I've been labeled as such. Anyway, this script assassin comes in and he's looking to make some changes and he's making people a little uncomfortable. But they're like, oh, we'll get over it. We'll get used to it until they learn that he plans to kill one of the major characters. <gasps> Um, he doesn't know funny. what yet. He's in he's in writer's block. So each of the members of uh, Lily Mumu each want to convince him not to kill off their character. Everybody tries their own tactics. Uh, Mikey tells them that if if they take him off the show, the show will do bad. But if they take off anybody else, the show will do good. Uh, <laughs> Lily, like um, our hero, everybody. What is what does Lily do? What's her tactic? Being epic. Yeah, Lily Fortnite dances in front of him. And like, Whoa, sick. And then she uh, eats a Travis Scott burger and hangs out with Ninja. There we go. It's the, it's the tone of what absolutely incredible. But yeah, I think I think um, her subplot is the least important. I feel like hers was the most boring in this episode. Well, I even saw, I mean, it's just the, I can't remember what was she, what was her tactic to stay on the show? I don't remember. She was like, I'm hot. Wow. <laughs> that was it. They say like, you're no sake. 
They, that would be a good time for them to bring. Yeah, back I think Saki. they literally did. I think they literally did mention Saki again in this episode. I think that's why Colin Jost left. They missed that. <laughs> oh no, we. I mean, we do see Saki. Oh, fuck, I don't know if it's gonna fit in the discussion now. I wish I remembered earlier. But Saki, we see he's an honorary member of the Chums, mm-hmm. the biker oh, group. Oh, yeah. he's on the wall. It's kind of inspiring, actually, if you think about it. The world's all connected, guys. I honestly think there should be a fanfic like in the style of the Yakuza games, just like about <laughs> the Chums. Oh, yeah. like, like the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> they're all Bosozoku bikers. <laughs> Okay, all right. Guano, he goes on, uh, he's, he's uh, complaining, and he sees a talk show hosted by uh, the witch from Spirited Away. <laughs> yes. uh, and she's like, like the smooth, the smooth Spirited Away. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah without the yeah, animation, with the voice part. of Joan Rivers. <laughs> Which once again, Miyazaki clearly found the score. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, today I'm trying to like mend connection between grown-ups and kids as there's like a an age war brewing. Um and Guano steals child's valor by pretending to be a kid and talking about how um his boss bullied him. And uh he goes in the show and it whatever, fuck it, who cares? Uh, <laughs> title chap chapter skip, chapter skip, chapter skip. Mikey wanting to get Guano back after they learn that uh, Gonar is going to be the one that's killed off, and he realizes he doesn't want his friends to lose a job. He tricks Mr. Ozu to going onto the show with Guano, and they end up hashing out their issues, and he invites Guano back, uh, and they embrace each other. Is Mr. Ozu Guano's father? <laughs> I, think, I think they're lovers. No, I'm not even. No, doing he's a love. Bit. What about yes, I'm, man? I'm truly not doing a bit. I have an insane memory in the back of my head of like it, like a Christmas episode or something where like Guano like opens his crystal and there's like a photo of him and Mr. Ozu and he's like a baby or something. I don't remember what it is. I remember and maybe I just had polio and I hallucinated <laughs> this. But I, I swear, let me look this up. Um, Before a Christmas Mikey episode, their relationship was just about the same as after they found out they are father and son, except for the very rare instances where Ozu points out he is his father. Oh, so it's not like, oh, by the way, I'm your father. It's not a series finale. It just kind of happens. in I guess one of the Christmas episodes, how was he created? I don't know. Oh, he like created him in a lab possibly. to like work for him. And the the Christmas episode is called Christmas Mikey. Yeah. Wow, that's they really just were geniuses. Yeah, I know they were geniuses. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess those Phoenicians had a limited. <laughs> had a limited. <laughs> it's a, a, is that, is that episode supposed to be made? Like, was that? Right, that's that's the end of our discussion. No, that's that's, that's, the, that's the end of our discussion <laughs> should, of the entire. But like, um, should that session. have happened? <laughs> <laughs> no 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 right that we're ending it on that uh i like can't wrap my head around it why why now with, <laughs> with the episodes we watched thoroughly discussed and ryan's perception of reality in the show shifted we uh we don't need to quite say goodbye to these characters even though their series run may be done because we can turn to the fan base to carry on their stories through uh the unami Umami. Umami. Umami Unagi. of literary works. Umaki <laughs> of literary works. Fan fiction. Uh, and I will be presenting today's fan fiction. Now, um, this story features both the characters from the Kappa Mikey universe and another 
beloved set of characters. Now, I think for this reading, Spencer, I'll, I can handle the narrator, but if you do the voices of not the, all, all the non-Kappa Mikey characters, please. All right. Am I going to, what's the, what, am I, I going to know the source material? You might. I think I've heard you talk about it once, but if not, just take a guess at the voice. It's fine. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's like a, it's a pretty niche pick. So anyway, uh, today's fan fiction is called The Beatles and Kappa Mikey. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay. Chapter one. We're not subscribers. The yellow metallic beast slowly made its way across the Japanese skyscrape. The hum of its motor wasn't loud enough to make any... To, hmm. Oh, it is misspelled. Okay. The hum of its motor wasn't loud enough to make anybody up. But then it started to sputter, and then it died. It fell down to earth with a loud thunk crash. What the bloody heck was that? <laughs> a lone voice rang out inside the submarine. The voice belonged to a man who surprisingly wasn't a day over 28, even though he was born in July 1940, and today it was 2008. The man wore a tie-dye necktie with gray pants and a striped shirt. His name was Richard Starkey, but his friends called him Ringo Starr. Sounds like we've fallen down to earth, said the bad mate John <laughs> Lennon. He wasn't a day over 28 either. You know how that motor is. Sometimes it conks out at the worst times. Maybe this is one of those times. <laughs> a voice said from the back of the sub. It was George Harrison, and he was still 25. But having been born in 1943, <laughs> well, well, I guess that makes sense. But is he talking? Did they time travel? Is that what he's talking Give about? Give us some time. Give us some time. Um, maybe it was because we went through the sea of time one too many times. Mm. Ha! If you can't think of a better joke than that, George, then your humor isn't half what it used to be. That is another voice. This one belonging to a guy that looked like Ringo, except his shirt was gray and his pants were maroon. His name was Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul McCartney known for his maroon pants. Some would call him Maroon Dude, Do Paul McCartney <laughs> and Ringo Starr look the same? Identical. Uh, and he, like the rest, was born in 1940s. 1942 to be exact. But he wasn't that much older than 26. John spotted something out the window, but he was barely able to make it out in the slowly rising Tokyo sun. It looked like a metal sign, and he thought it said something like, Lily Moo Lane, Tokyo, Japan, home of Lily Moo cast towers and studios, population 100. Don't you think we should ask someone for directions? George asked to John. You know, George, you might be right. Ringo, thinking ahead, climbed the ladder, put both hands on the wheel, and opened the hatch and turned. The hatch opened, and the four climbed out and approached the building called Lily Moo Towers. Meanwhile, inside the tower, there were two people sitting on the couch in the lobby. One of them was a blue-haired young woman with a red V-cut, long-sleeved shirt, blue pants, and red shoes. The other was a young man, his hair a bright shade of orange, wearing a navy blue t-shirt, a white long-sleeved undershirt, khaki pants, and brown shoes. Now that's that's a that's a favorite of mine in fan fiction when you get full wardrobe just kind of character <laughs> description. <laughs> the woman looked out the front doors made of glass and saw that looked like a yellow submarine parked outside, and there was a group of four guys walking towards the building. She asked, Hey Mikey, would you believe me if I told you there was a yellow submarine outside? The man looked out the doors and then exclaimed in amazement, Well, Mitsuki, if I didn't see it, I wouldn't have believed it. There is a yellow submarine outside. Then the foursome came into the building, and one of them, the only one of the four with 
horn-rimmed glasses, but also owning a mustache, a maroon shirt, and gray pants. But they all looked pretty much the same, said. Okay. Excuse us. Do either of you know the way back to Liverpool? Mikey <laughs> traded weirded outlooks with Mitsuki, then looked back at the guy saying, Wait, who are you? <laughs> the maroon-shirted guy looked... You can say their Just name. Just say his now. name. Well, he's about to, I guess. <laughs> uh, the maroon-shirted guy looked back and said, Oh, I'm John Lennon, and these are me mates, meaning <laughs> friends. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney wearing a tie-dye tie, no mustache. Ringo Starr rings on his fingers wearing a tie. And George Harrison, grayish shirt with sideburns and a small beard. What would I do if they didn't describe everything? They <laughs> like what? Like I really would have any idea what was going on. Also, they're the Beatles. Everyone knows what they freaking look like. Well, let's see. Wait, you're the Beatles, aren't you? Eric talks about you all the time, Mikey said. But there's still one question. How did you get here with the Yellow Submarine? Paul came up saying, Well, uh, oh, uh, actually, it's magic, kind of. It can fly. Mitsuki <laughs> looked up at them saying, Wow, that's cool. But what seems to be the problem? <laughs> well, the motor's conked out, so I guess we're staying here till it's rested up. Very presumptuous. Okay. Uh, Ringo said, Okay, then, I guess we'll find you guys rooms. Don't worry, Ozu's pretty easy on bands. Well, if he's that easy on bands, I can only imagine how he's gonna react when he sees us. What? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you guys born in the 1940s? I'm so glad they're addressing this. Oh my god, yes. Mikey <laughs> we know their exact dates. John and Ringo said at the same time. 1943. Oh yeah. Perfect. Fuck, yeah. Perfect. So how come you don't look much older than 28, John and Ringo? 26, Paul. 25, George. John then answered peculiarly. I think it's because we went through the sea of time too many times. And now we're probably going to stay like this, which, in retrospect, I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, I imagine John Lennon would look forward to that. Mikey and Mitsuki looked at each other with strange looks and led John, Paul, George, and Ringo to four separate rooms at the end of the hall. Each room had its own theme of sorts, John getting the one with a lot of pictures of women Mikey thought was John's mother. What the fuck? <laughs> Continue. Wait, are they John? Nope. Are they John on getting the, the one with a lot of pictures? Mikey thought was John's mother. Did he think Yoko was but, John's? But mom? the room is already made like this. Yeah. Wait. Are they? This isn't on the submarine. This is at like Lily Moo Studio. Yeah. I don't understand letting... why you all are confused. What is there to be confused about? I don't get it. All right. <laughs> Maybe if you understood things, then you... We are stupid, that's fair. Yeah, um, so, I don't know, it's kind of... Um, okay. Kinda, Paul got the room that was almost like a recording studio. George went into the... What? Oh, oh right, right. George went into the room with some Indian paraphernalia. Good thing they had that on standby. <laughs> well, Ringo got the room with a bunch of pictures of him and the other three Beatles. <laughs> Wait, that's sort of funny. That's a good, I... that's a good gag. Well, because that's the only one that, oh, I guess. Good night. Anyway. Also, good thing Lily Moo also has just a room full of Beatles pictures. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spencer. Um, 
Good night. They all said to Mikey and Mitsuki. Yeah, good night, Mitsuki replied. Oh, now do I have to sing this? I read the news today. Oh, my God. oh boy. You guys do the instruments. <laughs> About a lucky man who made the grave. And though the news was rather sad, well, I just had to laugh. I saw the photograph. And the moment the door closed, Mikey turned to look at Mitsuki, saying, and now that they're gone, Mitsuki seemed to think the same thing. Let me guess, another makeout? Oh my god. He blew his mind <laughs> down in a car. <laughs> he didn't notice that the lights had changed. Nico added some making out sound effects. Yeah. A crowd of people stood and stared. <laughs> They'd oh seen that face El before. Mitsuki. Nobody was really sure who's also lost. Okay. Whoa. This is like this is like Watchmen level like concerning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, then they ran off while Mitsuki asked, "Hey, did you know about that yellow submarine?" At this, Mikey cackled, "I wouldn't know because we're not subscribers." Ha ha! Get it? Wait, Sub- what? Subscribers? <laughs> no, I don't get it, Mikey. I'm sorry. Uh, but Mitsuki put on a mischievous smile, saying. Shouldn't you be doing something else with those lips? Oh, yeah, Mikey replied. I'd love to <laughs> turn you on. Oh, my God. <laughs> then, oh back my. to the couch, they went. Their lips locked in a kiss that was so hard, Hiti thought <laughs> they might not get any air. Abruptly falling onto the couch, Mikey's side of the makeout started to get a little heated, as did Mitsuki. Forcefully, she grabbed the hem of Mikey's undershirt, putting it off along with the t-shirt. Pulling away, Mitsuki was a bit amazed. What's up with those muscles? She asked. <laughs> okay, Wade, this might be the best one you've ever found. This is unreal. <laughs> this, I think, is the best one you've ever found. It kind of feels like watching the show. <laughs> yeah, except better. Why be? Why be? <laughs> so this, is the one, this is the one they would pitch to MTV. This is, this is what it would have been. Why, like. why be concerned about that? Mikey cut off, and he ended up doing the same thing that Mitsuki did to him, revealing a white bra underneath <laughs> the red shirt. Then, the went on Mikey's arms, coiling around Mitsu- Mitsuki's lower back. Arms wrapped around his shoulders. He broke off from the kiss and went down to at least the baseline of her neck. Mikey, Mitsuki whispered. But Mikey went on, positioned his hand, so that it was grabbing the back of her bra strap and dragging it down midway down Mitsuki's arm. This feels like a transformation. unbuttoned Mikey's pants, kissing his neck and pecs in the process. Greatest moment of my life, Mitsuki muttered to herself, but she was cut short. Mikey was kissing her lips again, and Mitsuki got a hold of Mikey's jeans, ready to, hey, oh my God. somebody called. I don't know who it is. Mikey and Mitsuki <laughs> were so surprised, they nearly shouted. Oh, it was Lily, standing behind the couch with crossed arms. Perhaps you two should uh, debrief each other somewhere else, <laughs> she suggested. Mikey and Mitsuki grabbed their shirts and went into the elevator, Mikey punching the button for 420. <laughs> yeah. Still gonna Wait, make out, right? Mitsuki hoped. Oh, yeah, Mikey confirmed. 
Um, confirmed. Yeah. Um, Thank you for the confirmation. So then, that is how chapter one ends. And um, I recommend returning this fan fiction. There's a lot of little adventures across it, but I'd how say many chapters are six, there. Oh six chapters God. in total. Um, oh, I love how there's a song list at the end. Exactly, and, and <laughs> for if you want to listen along, well, I I plead with you, don't read ahead because the very last bit, how they handle the credits and everything, is pretty rad. Uh, anyway, so that's how chapter one ends. And we're going to move ahead into chapter six, downtime. Paul, looking at the small navy blue heap, walked over to the submarine and picked up the heap, finding out it was a t-shirt. Is this the shirt that you lost, Mikey? Well, one of them, Mikey answered, and Paul tossed it to Mikey, who slipped it back on. <laughs> Whoa, you wear two shirts even on warm days. <laughs> That's just plain barmy. Just then, Gonard woke up from his faint, practically yelling, Barbie? Is there a barbecue around here? Then he ran around looking for what he thought was the Barbie that John was talking about. What? All John did was laugh, laugh, laugh hysterically, along with all the rest of the gang, while George said, Barbie is a Liverpool term for crazy, Gonard. And right now, you've gone Barbie, Barbie. <laughs> They all kept laughing while Gonard kept looking, not listening. Sometime later in the back recording room, the Lily Moo gang and the Beatles were all sitting around a big table. They had all moved in, what along a with a whole lot of chairs. They were all talking with each other about Lily Moo, what it was like and what had happened recently. The Beatles were also talking about how they started when they made it big and, and where they went in their yellow submarine. Then Paul Spacey. brought something up. Remember when the people all thought we broke up? That was just hype. If they found out, we'd be swarmed by fans. And we need some peace. But we like our fans, though. Ringo piped up. If we have fans, that means we're appreciated. Mikey then asked, Why do fans make you happy? All they do is cool you down. He meant the people that come out to see our concerts. John corrected. <laughs> Mikey backed off saying, I know, it was just a joke. <laughs> That's when Paul really broke something out. Hey, Ringo. Remember that White Album session when you walked out and covered on the, and I covered on the drums for you? Don't remind <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, this person knows their Beatles history. Clearly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ringo shrugged. Lily was amazed. You never told me you could play the drums, Paul. I love how they're on the first name. You never yeah. told me? <laughs> well, they've been hanging out for four chapters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Mikey agreed. I've completely lost Mikey's voice, but that's just <laughs> That's so based. Right. <laughs> Freaking epic. Poggers, dude. Uh, <laughs> no. Paul shook it off, saying, It was just a one-time thing. As he was saying this, Ringo fished a drumstick out of his pocket and threw it across the room, <laughs> where the stick landed on the snare drum of Ringo's trap set. Ha! I'm supposed to be the drummer. <laughs> okay. What's that supposed to mean? George asked. It's <laughs> answered him, saying, there's this game that's going around where you try to make a drumstick land on a drum. If it does, that means you're a real drummer of a band. <laughs> Paul then butted in saying, Okay, give me your other drumstick, Ringo. He got the other stick and threw it to the drum. But all it did was hit the side, then the floor. Ha! 
You missed. Ringo taunted. While Ringo was saying this, Gonard fished out one of those drumsticks and flung it across the room, but he wasn't initially aiming for the trap set. Instead, the stick ricocheted every which where, off the wall, off the ceiling, hitting the middle of the table, ricocheting off of the ceiling again, and then landing exactly in the middle of the drum. Then he looked back at Paul and Ringo, saying, Come off it. It won't affect drumming, Ringo said. Besides, it's just a game, right? Yeah, just a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> George agreed. But at that very moment, the yellow submarine motor uh, thrummed to life and maintained a steady running beat. Looks like we better go somewhere, John said. Paul agreed, saying, Yeah, I guess so. Not everyone seemed so eager. <laughs> However, Mikey, Gonar, and Mitsuki had glum expressions. And Lily looked like she was about to bawl. Paul saw this and went around the table to comfort her, saying, Hey, we're not going that far. At this, Lily's face had an astonished look, as did everyone else's, including his mates. Paul then told them all, <laughs> Remember that empty lot that's for sale? We could build ourselves a house there, and we could all live here. What? Yeah! <laughs> Mikey practically yelled. And he could use this room to record new music. Exactly. George said. Which means we can record new music and do all of the stuff we want to do, but no one will ever know unless we do another concert. Who knows? John asked. We might, we might not, but you never know. Do you think we should? Paul suggested. You need to say their names or else no one will tell Yeah, this is perfect. I love this. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's almost Christmas and a reunion concert could be the best way to kick the new year off. That's true, Mitsuki agreed. <laughs> and we could be in with you guys. After all, we've got at least 11 songs, I think. Mikey turned to her saying, Say, I never hear yours, and you haven't told me what it's about yet. Knock, knock. Lily got up and went to the door wondering, who could that be? But once she opened the door, she just stood there, mouth agape, until mouth, she fainted. Mouth agape. <laughs> mouth agape. Uh, <laughs> until she fainted. Oh, this is a British. But not. What? Does, does she do that a lot? A British-accented voice asked, and Mikey saw three people standing there. One of them had hair that went midway down the neck, curling at the sides of his face. Like Mikey, he had some stubble among his chin and below his nose. Okay. But not on the sides. Mikey recognized him immediately. Jim Sturgis. <laughs> Wait, what is he from again? Across the universe. <laughs> no! <laughs> but he wasn't the guy who said it the guy who did say it had bright blonde hair somewhat wide eyes and the exact same stubble as mikey mikey knew him too joe anderson oh my god the third was the only one who was a woman she had hair down to her elbows and a very beautiful face almost like mitsuki's evan rachel wood no, to reiterate no. evan rachel wood <laughs> <laughs> was her name. And the reason he knew them was because he had seen one of Mitsuki's favorite movies across the universe one too many times. Think you've got room for one for three more? <laughs> Jim asked, and Mikey just stood there, moving his head up and down. 
The Beatles themselves got up from the chairs and looked at them, either to tell they were just faking it or whatever was going on. <laughs> then the four shook hands with the three stars, introducing themselves while doing it. Everyone was equally amazed, and Ringo stood back up, saying, That settles it. We're doing a concert. And Mikey, you and the rest of the gang are singing and playing in it, too. Mikey's face lit up with excitement, and he said, That sounds great. We'll all get equal popularity. So don't get on my case, Lily. At first, <laughs> Lily looked peeved off. Then she started laughing and said, Okay, you got me. Then they all laughed again, and Ringo came up to Mikey, remarking, my advice worked, didn't it? Mikey turned to him saying, thanks, Ringo. <laughs> and so that's what happened. Did they ever go to a concert together? Well, that's another story. But wherever what? Goes, that's this wherever story. the Beatles go and wherever they go together, they'll always live on in our hearts. There's two comments. Wait, hey. you saw comments? Where are comments? Scroll up to the top. And then you'll see right the reviews too. What a nice story. That was and awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> From Zolo Swordsman. Oh, literally, One Piece reference alert. One Piece alert. Specifically for kids. For kids, One, one Piece, piece alert. Ryan, what, what were your thoughts on that piece? Oh, no thoughts. Head empty. I think there's something... It seemed like there was a lot of development because they were referring to things that we didn't see in chapter six. So I'm guessing we, we had to, yeah, what was Ringo's advice? We had to streamline a little bit. I, I recommend everybody at home, go read the whole thing with that lovely piece of fiction read and discussed or really just read. There's nothing to discuss. It was experienced. Um, I think we, we move on to, to, to get past this episode on Kappa Mikey. And it's hard not to think about when something is gone, like Kappa Mikey is after its short two seasons. What would it be like if it came back? So in this segment, bring it back, baby. Me, Spencer, and our guest talk about what our dream revival of Kappa Mikey would be. Uh, Ryan, do you have any any immediate thoughts of if you saw Kappa Mikey return, would you want it to be just a third season, a full reboot, uh, something in the world that's slightly unrelated? What art style? Just any ideas at all? What, what are you thinking? If Captain Mikey comes back, it ha- first of all, it has to be 3D CG. I was thinking like the Berserk 2016 anime, if anybody's watched it, it looks so bad. Um, I mean, on a serious note, if they were to bring it back, I would hope they would take out the racism. <laughs> okay, all right. I didn't realize you brought on a soy guest. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm just so yeah, no, that would rule. That'd be pretty epic if it That'd wasn't based, racist. Right? It's also would be interesting. I don't know what they would parody because the the anime world has changed a lot since the show premiered. You know, what if they did an isekai parody and that was like the whole oh show? my god, so, he like gets hit by so a truck. Like it's no, no. I yeah, he gets hit. Mikey gets hit by a truck, and instead he's like in the show, <laughs> like literal <laughs> Lily. He's in the Lily Moo show instead of like part of the cast. Oh my god, that would be so fucking base. Yeah, honestly, I wanna I want a spin-off show where it's just the Lily Moo segments, but mm. like taken completely seriously. <laughs> oh, like the like the chicken little chicken ace that we recently yeah. or, the, it, or like the um, the Toy Story like Buzz Lightyear show. Yeah. Oh, and Buzz yeah, Lightyear Stark. So we do a Lily oh, Moo yeah, show. The movie too. Okay. They did do a spin-off series, which I think was a series of shorts about the little sushi rolls that appeared during the like little uh like chapter change yeah, yeah, interludes, yeah. whatever the hell they call them. 
the Austin Power non Austin Powers non sequitur things. Yeah, I guess with that said, if, if we have no serious ideas for a meaty reboot, Spencer, you're saying that the show writer um one hasn't really done a lot since, and two is try is currently trying to find a, pl- a network or someone that will broadcast. They have remastered Kappa Mikey. It's already been remastered. They're just waiting. For or at least it. some of it has. He said, uh, "I was I'm just I was surfed his Twitter feed, and he said they've been they worked on remastering a bunch of them." But I think they just don't have anywhere to put it. Although they may have started uploading them to their own YouTube channel. I'm not sure. If I was making Kappa Mikey, I would simply make it a good show. If I was like, making Kappa Mikey, I would he would have Death Note. <laughs> he would have the Death Note and he could go Super Saiyan and he could be Goku. Mm-hmm. And he also he's a he's a Bebop cowboy. And he has a Pokemon, and he Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> he do the Digimon. He did Digimon. <laughs> oh my god! I would, I would make. God damn it! This really is a backdoor pilot for you and Nico. I would make it. I would make it darker and edgier, and I would start season three with um, them killing Gonard. Like Gonard gets killed by an evil person, and then they all become dark and edgy, and then Lily like becomes a serial killer. That's well, what it's like, like, an act, like in it's the an goth, in the goth involved. pixie babe comes back, so, and like she shows her feet on screen. We have Lily get the Beharit. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, Lily creates the astral, the astral roar. The Royal Astral Void. Well, Astral <laughs> Basically. <yes. laughs> well, I think it's um the pilot or the, the first episode of season three is they're shooting the show, but then like a light falls on Gonard and kills him. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and Guano gets blamed and they all have like serious guilt. Oh, then they're t- he's they're like s- uh it's like a John Landis thing where like Guano was doing coke <laughs> yeah. and being really irresponsible. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then it gets then his rampant tax fraud gets exposed and gets audited. <laughs> then Lily Lily becomes a serial killer and she gets arrested and then her and uh and Mikey start up a suicide pact while she's in prison. And they meet the Beatles at some point. And you know what? <laughs> yeah, oh the Beatles have to come in. Just just adopt that. It's it's a free exchange of ideas. What if we have the Beatles appear in the same way like in season three of Twin Peaks where there's a band <laughs> playing <laughs> And it's always the Beatles. And they're always getting yeah, on the most game. expensive television series ever made because they, <laughs> they get the, the rights to every Beatles song. The season the season ends on a cliffhanger when when Mikey like falls off a cliff and Mitski has to grab his hand and she misses and then it ends. What Beatles song plays during mm-hmm. that? Um, I want to hold your hand. Right help! Now. Oh, I want to hold your <laughs> hand. <laughs> and with that said, that wraps up our discussion of Kappa Mikey. It was great having you on, Nico, or not Nico, Ryan. <laughs> and, and you're always on. Um, Ryan, is there? I know you are obviously a very obviously everybody listening knows this. Uh, you are a very talented artist. But is there anything particularly like the plug at the moment? Any way we could check out your stuff? You want to throw out into the ether? So go go to phantomzoneproductions.bandcamp.com and check out the music on there. We got bangers over there. <laughs> and full deluxe versions of all of the little intros he, he composed today. Exactly. And, you know, I'm also selling bootleg copies of the Kappa Mikey manga. You know, <laughs> season 2 ends at volume 32. So, you know, it's we've not got translated, nine, though. You, you, yeah. just, you have to you just have this. 95 <laughs> volumes of untranslated Kappa Mikey, baby. <laughs> Great. And with that said, check us out on Facebook at Wasting All This Time, at Twitter, Wasting All This Time, or at WattPod, or at our Gmail at WastingAllThisTimePod at gmail.com. And with all that said, 
Thank you for wasting all this time with us.